0: Hello, and welcome to the Minnesota Family Law Podcast. My name is Tom Tuft, and I'm a family law attorney at the law firm of Tuft, Locke, Jerebik, and O'Connell. Tuesday was a relatively quiet day in the family law world. There were no major pronouncements of policy changes, as all of us worked on digesting the Supreme Court statewide order issued last week. That order will be the focus of today's podcast. Our guest today, though a recent law school graduate, has a long history in family law, she worked for Tubman with vis- victims of domestic abuse before going on to law school. She graduated from Mitchell Hamlin Law School and then clerked for Judge Engish in Hennepin County on the family court rotation before we snapped her up at Tuft Lock, Jerbick, and O'Connell. I am pleased that we have an opportunity to speak with Allison Kerr about this latest statewide order. Allison, uh, we're here to talk about the... Uh order from the um, Minnesota Supreme Court dated April 9th, 2020. Um, what what overall insights can you give us into that order as as it affects family law?
1: Sure. Um, just looking at the new order from Justice Gildea that was issued on April 9th, uh, there's not any major changes I'm seeing from the previous order that was issued uh, at the end of March. Um, specifically, the Minnesota Court of Appeals and the Minnesota Supreme Court are directed to continue hearing um, arguments, but also are permitted to grant people up to 30 days extension um, to if they need it as a result of this pandemic. Additionally, um, the new order directs courts to hold case hearings um, that need a court hearing by ITV or any other remote technology that permits the parties and attorneys to appear in the courtroom or to appear without being in the courtroom. So it, it is directing uh, courts as much as possible to try and use remote technology, either phones or video conferencing. Um, additionally, it permits the courts to just review submissions from the parties without any oral arguments which is another option
0: for people. I know there's this, you know, the general goal appears to be, uh, you know, aside from the courts, but in general also just to keep people apart and not having a lot of people congregating at the courthouses seems to be a means uh, that the court can use to get there. So this seems consistent with that concept. Uh,
1: exactly. And along that same line, self-help uh See, appears to still be open but is helping people electronically and by telephone so their um, service desks are closed but our self-help is still available for people uh online which is great that people can still get help but also reduces the amount of people that are going to the courthouse
0: yeah i know um you know anything to keep that backlog from from building so if the help, self-help people can still operate and in, in help people move ahead on their cases. That's probably going to help us in the long run.
1: Exactly. Um, another limitation I thought in the courtroom was that uh, the, the new order specifically limits um, people in the courtroom to the parties, their attorneys, and necessary court staff and anyone else that the presiding judge designates as necessary. So an important thing to remember to not bring um, excess people to the court to try and reduce the the amount of people that are going
0: there. Yeah, I found it interesting that the order did not specifically address witnesses. Um, so presumably the presiding judge would, would make that exception for those people. But uh, it was just interesting that the court had, you know, a fairly thoughtful, thorough list and then excluded witness. I have to believe that's intentional um, to keep people from bringing, bringing large groups of people with them and, and just really focusing on those who need to be there.
1: Exactly. Um, another thing that I thought was interesting in the order is that the judicial branches rules that prohibit recording air, are still in effect, which I think the, the courts are probably going to have a hard time monitoring. Uh, if people are on the phone or uh, using video conferencing, um, they're not really going to know whether or not other people are recording the conversations and hearings that happen.
0: Well, you know, I think, for example, of the Zoom software, I know that was used for one of the hearings, um, for a hearing that was held in Ramsey County, and um, it's pretty easy to hit a record button. Um, There are limitations that can be created by the, you know, host putting the right settings in, um, but uh, it's pretty easy. But then, in addition, it'd be easy to just have your phone or another recording device just sitting there on the table and, and running it and just... That shouldn't happen. There needs to be one record of these hearings. Um, a, a related issue uh, is has come up in some the context of ADR, where um, people will have you know their support person or people uh, sitting just outside of camera range, and there's not much we can do to enforce the you know the the desire of people to keep their uh, ADR proceedings between you know the two per, two or two participants typically, um, but that that'll be another, um, issue that just needs to be addressed. And people are going to just, just going to have to, you know, follow instructions on that.
1: Right. You know, another thing I was thinking about are, uh, the court reporters and how they're going to be incorporated into these hearing, these, uh, remote technology hearings. I know in the fourth district, uh, their court reporters, there are probably a little more used to it as a lot of judges there use, um, the remote court reporters for their hearings. But in other districts, I know it's not as common to do that.
0: Yeah, I was uh, uh, talking to Referee Street in an earlier podcast, and I got the uh, impression that um, the, the structure he'll be using is there'll be a, a, a bridge line. Everyone will call in, including the court reporter, so the court reporter can operate from home and uh, take that transcription of the of the proceeding, uh, right from their home. Uh, I just remember how challenging it sometimes is for court reporters, um, in person. Uh, I can't imagine how much more difficult it's going to be when people are, you know, sometimes talking over one another or, or arguing, um, uh, or even, you know, their voices can sound similar. Uh, so to, to transcribe from, from home or remotely has to be a real challenge.
1: Right right new new challenges for everyone as we move ahead um just something else more specifically to the family law practitioners is uh the the new the supreme court order does um state that the court should be holding hearings for emergency change of custody requests um as well as those hearings where a person's safety is an issue so domestic abuse cases uh not sure how much luck people are having at getting change of custody request hearings, but it does sound like um, the courts are continuing to try and address uh, cases where domestic abuse is an issue where they can.
0: Well, and I know having interviewed referee Stebbins in Hennepin County and referee street in Ramsey County, there's somewhat different approaches. Um, It sounds like in Hennepin um, you can seek your order of protection and they're kind of doing them in the, uh, you know, traditional way, including the potential for an evidentiary hearing in an, in an order for protection. Um, my understanding in Ramsey County is, you know, you you submit your proposed uh, or your, your request for ex parte relief. Uh, a judicial officer reviews that. Um, if the other side doesn't request a hearing, then you're fine. Uh, if they do request a hearing, they're doing a almost like an, just an admit-deny hearing, they're not setting evidentiary hearings on those. So okay. um, very often the the initial ex-party order would just continue on as is, maybe with some modifications to address the, the urgent concerns, um, and then it'll be set for an evidentiary hearing when the time is right. But um, I'm guessing, in fact, I was involved in one case that those hearings can... Um, be lingering, uh, the you know, the waiting for an evidentiary hearing. I mean, there's going to be, you know, with the court having shut down for maybe seven, eight weeks, uh, it's going to be a, a challenge to uh, get on top of all of that.
1: Right. And It certainly is going to be interesting um, to see how the courts are going to, reopen, um, whether it's going to be a gradual process or all at once, but there's certainly going to be a backlog of issues, those that are pressing and ones that have just been lingering because they're not as pressing.
0: Yeah. I know there, uh, our, um, court committees operating. I just, uh, received, uh, information that this, there's a state, uh, pandemic recovery committee, um, that is, is moving ahead with planning and then, um, Ramsey County also has a, a recovery planning committee that I'm I'm serving on. So I, I know the courts are thinking about these things. It's just, you know, what are the solutions in light of the resources available? It's a challenge. So, Allison, I do appreciate you taking the time to uh, share your review of that order with us. Um, I will uh, look forward to talking with you more about this and other topics in the future. So thank you. Thanks, Tom. No doubt there will be more orders to come from the Supreme Court and orders and operational plans from each of the 10 judicial districts as they try to adapt to the needs of their local communities. Tomorrow, we will again hear from Referee Street, this time wearing his hat as president of the Minnesota Chapter of the Association of Family and Conciliation Courts. If you're not familiar with that organization, you want to listen to what Referee Street has to say and check out their website and consider becoming a member. If you like our podcast, please consider subscribing. These podcasts can be found on several different platforms, including Spotify and Google Podcasts. Most recently, Pocket Casts has added our content. So, in closing, my family law colleagues, I say thanks for listening and I look forward to continuing this podcast. Now take care of yourselves and your family so you can take care of your clients and your business.